What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. And you're back um, a little bit early this week. Not that it's going to matter since this is all pre-recorded and you're hearing this. Week. It's still going to come out, what, Friday? Friday. Um, right. A is for Alcoholic, the, the recovery podcast where we discuss our crippling alcoholism and all its uh, multifaceted splendor. Um, it's like like two men and a baby, but the baby is a fifth of <laughs> fucking hard liquor. Two men and a uh, and a baby. Two men and two a, men and a baby. And or was it three men and a baby? It was three men and a baby. It was Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson, and Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Wow. Bam. Podcast done. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, like wanting to make like joke videos. And I think we did what we were going to do one with like you on a swing with like a bottle of bourbon uh-huh. and like all romanticizing we it. We were going to do that. And I just have these are like, you know, cradling it and stuff like that. And there was this huge amount of. It was going to be to Queens. You're my best friend. Oh, that's right. And you're it was me and a bottle friend. of a handle of fucking whiskey walking around the park, drinking this handle of whiskey. We never made mm-hmm. it though. Cause we were too drunk to make it. Mm-hmm. And we were using uh, camcorders from like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I told you I found some of those old videos from the early two thousands and it's just, it's bad. It's really, really bad. No, you just, it's I knew you're going to say, it. you're like, ugh, so mad at myself. And then I see it and I'm like, you fat butterball, whatever, <laughs> get out of here, buddy. I'm not even mad at myself. I'm just like, you're a dork dude. Like, yeah, your yeah. ideas are dumb. You like, once again, we have very different ideas, which is fine. You get to own it if you feel embarrassed about it. But remember what they say in the cult. They say we will not look on the past and regret it, dude. And I see you looking on the past and regretting it. That's true. So it's not regret. You need to get your ass back in the cult. Go I just don't want shitty to. Shitty coffee. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, as things progress, indoor meetings will be back. I'll probably I'm gonna, be back. I'll start going again. Yeah. I need to. I think I need to start going again because I don't feel like drinking, but I just hate everything. And that is <laughs> See, like that is a, uh, that's definitely a dry drunk because I fucking literally don't like most of everything. Like no. it's so fun. No, I'm just in this headspace where I'm like, fuck everything. Like we, I had to order a new iPad because mine is broken because it's three years old, so it's just going. It's just mm-hmm. fading away. My iPad's got Parkinson's. It's gone, you know? And uh, my wife's like, yo, your iPad's coming on like the eighth. Are you excited? And I was like, you know what, baby? I love you, but it's just hard to be excited about anything right now. And she just was so fucking took the air out of her. And I was like, it really is, dude. There's so much going on. And mm-hmm. I'm in such a, I'm just feeling sorry for myself big time. I need to sit in, in the cult. I need to sit with the cult. Sit with the cult, sit in a meeting, listen to well, some Well, the Zoom meetings aren't the same. I like in the beginning. And believe me, we'll be talking this time next year if we're still doing this. And I'm going to be like, man, I'm sick of the cult. <laughs> I need to get out. <laughs> I need to get the fuck out of here, dude. <clears throat> um, yes, I think the Zoom meetings were great for for a time. And there was a period where I was like every, I found another one on Sunday morning and it was really cool to listen to people and you know, it'd be like 40 or 50 people on a zoom call. I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. wow. And I, I was in, it was some meeting based in Seattle and there'd be some dude piping up from like Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. I don't Scotland. know. Yeah. And um, so, but Edinburgh. there is definitely a feeling of um, that you get from being in a room with people that you don't get otherwise that I, that I didn't get yeah. at the park that I didn't get being six feet apart that I didn't get. And um, 
so yes, I will look forward to that. And I'll, I'll even bring some treats for the table. Bring some individually wrapped individually. <laughs> right no no random ass bags of puffs cheese puffs no, and like you touched every single one you made ev- i made every single one of these popcorn balls <laughs> <clears throat> that's so another what, thing i don't think uh, i can and there's so many like behavioral things that are going to shift and change and like i mean like i won't be eating stuff i mean i used to just grab like a handful of snacks if i saw them out in the public out in the wild just sitting on a bench and well like, mm, i'm not just mm-hmm. big league chew <laughs> fuck yeah i love big league chew and it's open already already i don't have to rip it open i fucking love big league chew dude no if you're at a function or something there's a bowl of chips you go for a chip or two right yeah and years ago if you would have found one of those little shooter bottles a fireball on the side of the road that had like that much in the bottom you'd be like doo, doo, doo. that would have been awesome yo i keep finding those on my run like just pints of fireball just laid on the side just fireball though is, is that is like so a hot weird. thing in arizona it must be, well arizona right now the really hot thing with the mexican americans and the people and the mexicans is uh michelob light ultra is light really ultra. hot okay. yeah michelob ultra okay i don't know maybe it comes in the tall thin cans so when i was a kid it was all tecate and uh bud light when i was growing up that's what everybody drank here now they're drinking michelob light ultra and apparently pint bottles of fucking fireball just fired like it up just like that sweet shit and so just anything that's sweet throw it out your car window jesus yeah yeah i see it a lot too on the runs well, around the on the yeah, highway the sweetness no. hides the fact that booze tastes like shit mm-hmm. that's the thing it's is you can't fucking look me in the face and be like man i love a good ipa no you don't you love the alcohol content of the ipa ipa tastes horrible and you know it you've conditioned yourself to enjoy ipa because it's bitter and nasty but i love hot sauce and lots of people hate that shit so i mean i guess it's all perspective i mean it is it, yeah. it's all perspective but yes I, I i just the the sugary stuff and i feel like again we were talking about white claws and that 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 how it's permeated a lot of different cultures and people and, and it's easy to drink it's easy to drink it goes down quick mm-hmm. and i feel like the people who make this stuff and the people who market it know that. And so they're like, what is the easiest way we can get people to be drunk? And I mean, maybe it's not as malevolent as that. Maybe they're just, yeah, it absolutely to find- is. They're giving you more bang for your bucks. So you spend more money on it. You spend more money. Yeah. And- but you would think they'd make the alcohol contents lower. So you'd have to buy more. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the, I, I assume the white claw is like a, a beer. It's like eight. Eight or nine percent, yeah, that's, because it's it's lot. malt liquor. They're all malt, mm-hmm. dude. It's all Zima. It's all fortified malt liquor. It's not yeah. fortified, but it's all malt liquor. Yeah, yeah, but you know, pinkies up, dude. We're gonna drink fucking cucumber ocean spray. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which is once again, I'm trying not to judge, but I judge like a motherfucker. But I'm trying not to because it's not in my best interest to like, you know, it's not. It's not no, in your best. It interest doesn't at serve all. me. It's... People are gonna do what they keep doing. That's the one mm-hmm. thing we need to realize as alcoholics. Is, People are going to continue to get fucked up. It is within our nature to escape. It's what we do because we're in this, like all we are is this little piece of meat in a bony skeleton running around feeling pain and feeling happy and sad and frustrated and trapped and all that shit. People and there's escape. bad feelings out there right now. I mean, there's, there's tons of them. In a lot, dude. but I mean. Well, and now that the quarantines are becoming more prevalent and people are being able to go back out into society more you're gonna have more people getting fucked up i bet you'll have more relapses now than during pandemic because people will be able to let's celebrate yeah it's a roaring fucking 20s bro (laughs) if i could do it with trulies yeah you know and fucking my agave nectar whatever i would just celebrate with and again we were talking about i i don't i get how do i explain it i don't understand anymore how somebody can get fucked up knowing that they're going to have a two day hangover. And you said to me, well, it seemed fine for you for 17 years. Right. So, I mean, I understand it intellectually, but I feel like I have learned my lesson, but again, that's just for me, right? I can't, I can't impose that upon anybody. Nobody could have imposed that upon me and I can't judge anyone for anything. Cause every time I, every time I'm judging somebody else, it's, it's, it's some, I'm looking at a failing on my part. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Like, 
Like if I go, oh, I don't like that guy or you shouldn't be doing that. It's like, well, no, I don't need to be doing that. And people and that are could be have you, to, dude, that, that could be, be you. That could be you right now, right now. You could just get up from the podcast, walk to the store, go buy a fucking, you just go do it. Your brain yeah. right now is like, maybe we can yeah. see. And that's how I can still understand it. It's not foreign to me. Yeah. The, the idea <laughs> of the, the, the price, the cost of drinking, because at the end of the day, I'm sober now and I'm in recovery and I love being in recovery, but I love to get fucked up. I like, love it. I like love getting fucked up more than anything else. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm sitting here with you doing this. It's my passion for getting fucked up. It is, dude. And it fucked my life up. And it's hard for me to explain that to people that once I start, I can't stop because Mm. there's there's something in my brain that switches. And also because I love every fucking moment of it. I just didn't like, I didn't like to have to pay the fucking price. Because the price, the price was fucking my life up, right? So the bill mm-hmm. kept coming and I kept having to pay it and being like, fuck, every time, you know? So for me, there are times in my life where I'm like, if you could drink without any fucking anything bad happening, would you still drink? And sometimes I'd be like, yeah, I, if I could drink again without having to fuck my life up, I absolutely would. But there are other times where I'm like, I wouldn't at all because I know what I'm capable of and I know that it, the, there's always a price. There's always mm-hmm. a price, dude. I don't, there's no free lunches, man. That's even what she said in that book. Yep. No free lunches. There's no free lunches. So I know that I can go and gorge myself and do that forever. And, you know, it's just, it's not where I, I am much happier now, but I'm, I'm with them. Like I remember it. I remember sitting around feeling all warm and like that. And then all of a sudden you're more than warm and you're like, can't string string a bunch of words together and shit because you and i are very different though too like my brother-in-law was talking about you the other day um about the first time he met you (laughs) and he was saying you know i was really excited to meet this naked john character that you talked about so much because he was living in seattle and i was really excited and then i met him and he was fucking hammered but danny was hammered too danny was hammered when he was telling me this story Mm -hmm. he's like and immediately he just took his shirt off like he was like playing the role that everybody wanted him to be and i was just like turned off by it so i left he's like and then i hung out with him more after that and i i I grew to like him but that initial reaction was john is just pretending to be someone else that he's not so i see how you can look at it and be like fuck that That you know i'm not that's not me you know and like i don't understand that person anymore and that's fine if that's 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 what helps you get get through it then that's Mm -hmm. you man that's your journey me i remember that my guy i remember little thumb little thumb face jerry with this that fucking goatee that was just hair right here which is funny because i've done the opposite i just shaved that off recently just to see what would happen so i have the opposite of that now but Mm -hmm. like me and that goatee and that that neck that just went into my chest and like the hangover and the regret and the diarrhea like constantly you remember that guy yeah Yeah. i don't want to be that guy again though but (laughs) the alcoholic in me is like yo you can absolutely be that guy and i you know, I don't mean to start the podcast off with being like, "Oh, let me get fucked up," and I would get fucked up again without consequences, because that's well, it's a, it's a yes and no. That's it's. Do you know what I mean? It's like I living do. in two states at once. Because I was thinking about it, the the choice we make to get fucked up, the the choice that we make to drink, the choice that we make to feel differently, right? So mm-hmm. that is always going to come. We're going to make a choice. That means just by the by the existence of that choice, we're, we're not doing something else. So I'm missing out on something else here. So if you were to say I would get fucked up if I could without consequence, there's, I don't believe there's no, there's any such thing. Cause that there would isn't. mean what I would just sit in my, I would sit in my chair and I'd watch my shows and I would drink whiskey and there'd be no consequences right. except you would go and do that all the time, every yes, day, exactly. Every day and every day. Now, when you say consequences, you mean consequences for me. You mean I don't want a hangover. You mean Word. I don't want to like, right? Exactly. So yes, that's the little man. Life. The little alcoholic. My consequences, mm-hmm. but you would be, you would miss out on, you know, time with your wife and your exactly. family. You'd miss yeah. out on your daughter growing up because you would be fucking sitting in that chair, just no consequences, watching your shows, drinking your whiskey. Mm-hmm. So the consequences that you don't want to happen are selfish. Yes, because I'm fucking, I'm alcoholic, Johnny. Look, everybody wants to fly and nobody realizes when you start flying around, you get bugs in your mouth, your eyeballs dry out, 
you could yeah. fall, you could get hit by a bird. Like there's, there's too much going on. Everybody has a dream and a fantasy. They all, mm-hmm. everybody wants to have a threesome until your fucking wife leaves you for the other person you had a threesome with. Do you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants that weekend in Vegas with the Coke and the hookers and shit, not realizing mm-hmm. that you wake up with an STD and a hangover. It's always mm-hmm. a price to pay. There's always consequences. So for me to say, would I drink without consequences? That's some fantastical Dungeons and Dragons realm where it affects no one. And I live in a tiny single celled you know what I mean? Like as a single celled fucking thing that doesn't affect anything. And that's impossible. Right. That is just not within this realm of understanding. Maybe in some string theory universe, if I break through the barrier with enough DMT or something, <laughs> pop over to the elf world. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's the impossibility. So your point is not only valid, it's the fucking truth. It's the absolute truth that because I am still selfish. Like I can't sit here on this podcast and say I'm fully recovered and I'm pious and all my decisions aren't based in some type of motivation for myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there are things I do that are definitely altruistic and help people around me for the, to, to help people, you know, but I'm still an alcoholic. I'm still selfish as fuck. Like I'm still, I'm just a non-drinking alcoholic, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're much better than you were before Absolutely. and you are yes yes you are you do more for other people yes um, more so now than i ever have and the same for you you do a lot for mm-hmm. people as a matter of fact when i get when you send me those emails over that are like yo you guys help me out all this shit you know when we get positive we mostly get i think we only really get positive feedback for the most point uh, but when i get that it like i don't think it's me doing it i think it's you like, I'm like, this is John reaching out. I'm just kind of on the side saying funny shit and giving him pushback, you know? <laughs> well, but, if, I'm, if I'm to step you know. away from, from the whole thing and just, I mean, it's not just that because I can't, mm-hmm. I couldn't do this without you. It would be right. very dry and it would be very right. boring. And, and me alone, I'd be like Bill Burr complaining about <laughs> fucking cookies and traffic. And exactly. the people who love Bill Burr love that, but it's boring after a while. You're exactly. like, hey, you're angry and red, dude. Like, I get it. So yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't work one way or the other. Right. You know, I guess you're I, right. Yeah. You know, so I, I think, you know, and I did one, I did one, I did one podcast by myself. I was on the road. Cause you were on the road and it was fine. And it and was I, a short I, one too. You're like, well, I'll do a 15 minute one today. And I was like, fuck really dude. <laughs> I, I said what I had to say and I was done. I did my half, right. I did my half of the show. So, so I want to talk about the selfishness, the altruistic um, today um, we what talk was our about letter O. O is for OPP, other people's problems. Other people's problems. You down with OPP? I mean, we're yeah, 17 you know minutes me. in, so we might as well throw the letter in there. <laughs> so there's, I, I think of this twofold. One, hmm. other people's problems, the problems they give us, the problems we perceive, the resentments yeah. that we develop around mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. and also seeing other people's problems and doing something to help them. Mm. so let's let's start with the let's start with the bad one let's start with the resentments let's start with getting involved in things oh man i could do a whole hour on resentments i know that's you know what you getting involved in other people's business where you don't need to be getting involved in and why we why we choose to do it and what 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 it serves okay so so even if we do these bad things at one point or another they served us in some way you know, we drank because it made us feel good. We felt that we needed to feel good because we felt horrible or, you know, we, we overeat or emotionally eat. I do because I feels comforting and it feels protective and it feels safe. And so I think when we see something wrong in somebody else, it's easier than seeing the shit that's wrong with with ourselves and yeah. so we go like that guy's a fucking asshole or you know what um especially if it's just stuff on the internet people get mad about anything it doesn't need everything. to be much everything, everything. Yeah. and so what happens in your mind and in your body when you see something on the internet that you don't agree with and in fact you you see as some fundamental affront to your way of life and you go, mm-hmm. you just need to fucking learn. And I'm going to get, I'm going to type out this comment and it's going to show you. And there's this release, right? You get excited, you get outraged, and then you, you release and you go, see, I told you so I'm right. You're wrong. Fuck you. 
And where does that leave you except just seeking more outrage and anger? Right. And, and they call you a fucking cuck snowflake and they laugh at you because <laughs> they fucking trolled your stupid ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and a lot of this does come in, in political uh, discourse. It's can, all, pl- everything, it even recovery is political discourse at this point, man. Mm-hmm. Everything has been politicized. So we can't avoid it. I think even in relationships, when I have been in relationships and been in the, the height of arguments where the only thing I could feel was I need to be right. And yeah. if I'm not right, then I am not vindicated. When mm-hmm. in retrospect, after that, and having conversations in those relationships, like, oh, what were we arguing about? We really should have been on the same team. You're like, Ooh. I was fucking wrong. <laughs> so, so Ooh, I, was I think really a couple fucking things, wrong there. Really, and yeah, right. I mean, how yeah, many times have you been really wrong? That's why I'm laughing because it's every day. And and. And it's, it's so, it's just so easy to get so fired up. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I have learned in recovery, the tool, like the pause and what's the, what's the, the halt or just, you know, just stop. We've done the halt. Yeah. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Something else Mm -hmm. is going on. And what I, what I've come to realize is like, I just need to take a minute and um, I can't sit and judge other people. I have people I work with that I don't always get along with. I have people that I work with that they're just, they're just, their fucking energy is off. And I just like, why are you being so fucking smug right now? You asshole, Mm -hmm. you know, or just, and I go, okay, well, this is just a person you work with. You don't have to marry this person. It doesn't matter. Just let it go. You know, you don't have to listen to their chatter. And um, I kind of just walk away from it. And I know that doesn't work for everybody, but we've got to, as alcoholics, we have to take a minute and breathe before we start doing shit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to, if we're going to make it. No? I'm going to make it. No, I'm emphatic. No, you're not being emphatic. I just think as human beings, we should do Mm -hmm. that. But us as alcoholics, I think, what's the big threat? It's relapse, correct? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're trying to avoid? And then- not only relapse is the big one, right? The bi- Well, the big one is don't die from drinking dummy, right? right? And then the second big one is don't drink. And then the third big one for me personally is don't indulge yourself in those behaviors that you were doing when you were drinking. And then it all goes down in a list of priorities to me. And then, you know what I mean? Don't indulge in those behaviors that would cause you to drink and things like that. So I guess as alcoholics, it is really important for us to manage our resentments because that's what we've read in the literature of the cult, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's not wrong. It's absolutely right. You just would generally as a human being live a better life if we could manage our resentments better. But to it, for me personally, to indulge in those resentments feels good. It really does. It feels really good and it is relieving to me, but it poisons me. It's just like booze, mm-hmm. right? It feels really good. But in the end of the day, you're just poisoning yourself because I can feel it. Like I've said this a billion times in this podcast, but when I feel angry like that, I feel a surge of power. And then immediately afterwards, I feel sick. Like I feel it in my bones that I've just poisoned myself. It's, I don't ever, I don't ever anymore as your first example, as far as like replying to someone on the internet, I don't at all. I don't anymore because it doesn't work. And I've done it in the Mm -hmm. past and I've tried to be very diplomatic about it. And then realized this is a dumb fucking dance that I don't want to do with someone that doesn't want to fucking, they just want to be heard and say their mean shit to make some transfer their anger onto someone else. Right. Um, Right. I'm not really around as many people as you are in public because you work. So you're around people all the time. I'm around my family a lot and I'm around like peripheral people. No, I'm just around my family. Honestly, that's it. And I have, you know, other people in my life who are very close that I hold resentments towards that I need to address and just kind of bury that hatchet, you know, because, you know, they're, they're with people who are right wing and I'm not really like politically and ideologically. I don't agree with that. And it's not even at this point, a sense of, oh, you're right wing and your policies have to do with finances and stuff. I I, like, I get upset because I'm like you purposefully intentionally supported a person who runs completely opposite tantamount who am I as a person who I am and what I believe as a person and I find it offensive right but then we start getting into political ideology becoming a religious dogma which is like fucking mad scary but it's all 
entwined with itself and i'm really digressing here but yes the point is i'm holding a, a resentment like that and i need to deal with it because i like really care about this person and they're with someone who overall is a nice person but politically and ideologically i find them abhorrent and it fucking makes me mad and see now i'm getting mad now when i think about it and it does me no service all i'm doing is depriving myself of something <clears throat> when you hold a resentment against someone an unfounded resentment you're just depriving yourself when you hold a real resentment of someone who's a real piece of shit who fucked you over and stole from you, fuck that person. Let that resentment go and cut that person off. I would cut, let me rephrase it. I would cut that person off like a fucking cancer. But mm -hmm. someone I care and love about and it's this peripheral dumb thing that I'm holding on to, we're all doing it, man. We're all doing it. You and I as like left-winger fucking dudes who watch a bunch of bread tube and we're all like, hey, you watch ContraPoint and Thought Slime and all these other motherfuckers. We're doing it too. Just like they are on the right who are fucking getting past Ben Shapiro and going into 8chan and hanging out with Q and all that, doing all that dumb shit they're doing. They're thinking I'm doing dumb shit. Like, yeah. it's yeah. all resentment stacked up on resentment, stacked up on resentment, stacked up on resentment, and nobody's doing any service to themselves. All we're doing is depriving ourselves of that common, that common thread of being human, man. Mm -hmm. You ever watch that uh, movie Fear of a Black Hat? It's been a long time, but you remember yes, when one of the rappers do. goes all PM down, he gets all yes. super hippie and his song was like, everybody shits, everybody's got a butthole. <laughs> That's how I have to like, remember that sometimes. And I'm like, mm -hmm. everybody poops through that little hole, baby. Like we're all the same in the end, you know, it, you know, just some of so, us, our brains are a little weirder than others. So yes. And it, it also, <laughs> I was, <laughs> no, it's fear of a black hat. We, so my friend Tom used to, uh, he used to wear a knit cap and we'd mm -hmm. always tell, I'd always be like, dude, cause this, this, the movie came out in like 94 or something like mm -hmm. that. And I knew him in 96 or whenever it came out. And we always see Tom rolling up and I'd be like, dude, fear of a knit cap, Tom. Yeah. Fear of a knit Anyhow, cap, dude. This is, dude gets busted joke. by a security guard and they had the song called fuck the security guards. It wasn't even <laughs> fuck the police. It was anyway, if you're out there in the world and you love it, fear of a black cat is way funnier than CB4. CB4 yes. was kind of funny. Fear of a black cat was way funnier. Watch that. I think Chris Rock yeah. is a much better stand-up com comedian than he is an actor. Right. Um, and uh, Rusty Kundiev, Fear of a Black Hat. Look it up. Anyway, I guess the point I'm trying to make, and I know I'm steamrolling over you, we hold these resentments. We deal with other people's problems. I rarely get involved in other people's problems, right? I'm not like, let me solve that for you, unless it's like my wife, and that's just me being a fucking patriarchal, toxic, masculine asshole, and I need to check that shit too. I don't have it as much as other guys, but I definitely got it. But as far as other people and their shit, like, I don't, I'm like, you do, you just don't hit me with your car. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely am sitting at my kitchen table with my mom being like, you know what so-and-so needs to do. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what they fucking it's just, need to it's do? It's gossip at that point, right? It is, but it does me no service because they're not going to do that. And I'm just being high and, and mighty. You, right. If you're just sitting at the coffee table and yelling at somebody who agrees with you about how much you hate somebody else. We're just talking shit. What are we point. doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I heard this. So I was listening to this podcast and um, I'm a big fan of the Rich Roll podcast. I don't listen to all of them, but one occasionally I do. And his wife, Julie Pyatt is her name. And she's very much, some might say, woo woo out there, kind of crazy. Yeah, dude. Spiritual, mm -hmm. not for everyone. And I thought the same thing the first time I ever heard her speak. And I was like, who the fuck is this woman? And, but she'll drop some nuggets. And mm -hmm. in the middle of a, a diatribe of something or another, and I'm like, shit, I got to write that down. And this last one I was listening to, and she, I don't, it wasn't talking about, I don't maybe it was talking about alcoholism, but they were, they were just talking about, changing people's minds and you know helping people and she said that nobody changes in a cloud of judgment you can't come to somebody thinking you're going to help them change and if you mm -hmm. are judging them you're not going to be able to change them at all change only exists or change only comes about through unconditional love yeah now i don't mean to say that unconditional love means what that i love you regardless of i love you regardless it doesn't mean that I don't have boundaries and that there aren't behaviors that I will not condone nor be around. And like, if you're going to fuck around, you're going to find out, but, <laughs> but that I can still give you unconditional love. 
as in what my sponsor gave me during the period of recovery, right? Taking me through the steps. There was mm-hmm. nothing about my behavior and I was resist resistant the whole entire time. And so <clears throat> if we want to help somebody, which I think is the other part of the OPP, the other people's problems is, you mm-hmm. know, service that you have to come at it without judgment. You can't look at, you can't look at somebody and say, well, let me tell you what you need to fix. Cause here's how you're wrong. People right. have to come upon, they have to come upon that their own, their own way. At least I did. I don't, I have yet to listen to somebody's story who they said, Oh, I was told I was wrong and I fixed it. Right. Fixed it for me. Right. Right. That's that, that never happens really. Like somebody fixed it for me. You had to have the epiphany on your own, Mm -hmm. whether it was shoved down your throat a hundred times until you, it finally clicked or you just came upon it one day. So that was something that really kind of resonated with me is the whole, like, it doesn't come in judgment. So when I look at Absolutely. people who make me angry, when I hear something from somebody and I'm just like, okay, take a minute. It's not about me. I can move on with my day. It's also not every single problem out there from somebody is something for me to fix. Right. That's a big one. It's not That's a big one. Nobody's asking me, me to help mm-hmm. them. Then I'm mm-hmm. not going to help them. I'm not here like, oh, well, let me show you how to do it. Oh, let me tell you how to live your life. That's never worked. <laughs> not that I no, know. No, 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 no. And usually people aren't asking, they'll ask you for help mm-hmm. if they need help. Here, the thing is, I I, I like what you're saying. Um, yes. But, but I disagree with some of it for sure. me personally in my life. Okay. Um, as far as if someone is coming to me asking me for help, um, I think I have a problem with the word love. It's like my okay. God. It's like like me with God and love. Like okay, I don't. I want to come from a place of understanding and empathy and compassion, but mm-hmm. love's a strong fucking word, dude. That's too mm-hmm. strong for me. So this unconditional love shit, I ain't okay. fucking with that. If I don't know you that well, we ain't fucking with that. Unless you're family, or I've I've raised you, or you've raised me, or I love you, mm-hmm. or I've put my wiener near you. Like mm-hmm. love's not really. You know what I mean? And, but that's, but the difference is like between you and I, there's love because you're family to me. Like you've Mm -hmm. moved over in that, but like, I don't know, man, every time I hear that shit, it gets a little new agey for me and I I get turned off. Right. Right. But but I can understand that love can also be a placeholder for me for kindness, empathy, compassion, which are things I really extol. I love those things because the only way I could get better was if I felt people felt empathy with me and I felt not just relatability, but kinship and kindness and compassion and people going, Hey, I've been there. Like, I know what you're going through. Like that shit was invaluable to me in the beginning. And it still is now like for you to understand that we both been through really similar shit. That's why we have that. Well, other than the fact that we both like the Smiths and the Simpsons, that's why we have that bond, but you know, nothing so, really but, but you and seven, I are really yeah. different though, because you're really embracing your feelings and you're not like weirded out by them. I'm like weirded out by my feelings a lot. And so I shove them aside or I change their names, you know, in denial, I'll change your names. Cause I'm, I get really uncomfortable still with some of my feelings. Whereas you're doing this thing now where you like, you hug it all. You're like, yeah, I got love. I got love for the trees. I got love for the ferret. Yeah. I still, I still have a little twinge of uncomfortability with that when I hear that shit. And I heard that the other day. In fact, it right. was yesterday, the day before. And I was like, unconditional love. And I felt Ew. this sort of like, Oh, bitch, I'm Generation I X. <laughs> I can't have that. That doesn't exist. You need, it needs to be transactional. And what am I getting out of it? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay, so let's slow down here. And I would say things like kindness, compassion, empathy, understanding. Those are just right. under the umbrella right. of love. love. And so you're right. Love, yeah, I think that's, and it's love. not the unconditional part that bothers me because mm-hmm. I don't need to be conditional. It's the love part that bothers me. That's too, that's too <clears throat> intimate. It's yeah. too intimate, too close. But see, yeah. I've always been hands up. So we're all different. We all approach it different. Mm-hmm. Some people will come to you with just genuine love. And I'll come to you with my semblance of genuine love, you know. I don't need, yeah, I don't need you to right. I don't need to get intimate with you right. any more than you're comfortable with either. Word. I'm not, I'm not asking to, I would never intend, I would never, I would never want to cross anyone's boundaries, regardless Correct. of whether or not. Yeah, I felt. No, they were. I know. I know you are really. Um, 
uh, thoughtful about that. You do think about that shit a lot about people's boundaries and stuff. I know you are. You're really considerate. That's the word I'm looking mm. for. Yeah. Well, thank I think you. it's just um, the word love. I, I, I it's mm-hmm. my, what I have a problem with. It's okay. not even a problem. It's more of me and my issues with showing a strong emotion other than anger. <laughs> because that's how my coping mechanism, that's how I've done everything in my life is getting mad and frustrated. And anger gives you power. If you can't finesse your way through it, you punch your way through it. Mm-hmm. You kick your way through it or you fucking curse That's your way why we it. like That's... anger is because we're afraid, yes. we're insecure, and we're, it makes we're us helpless. Makes we're powerless. Us feel strong. Makes us feel mm-hmm. strong. It makes us feel you're strong. Not strong. You're just all red-faced and everybody's looking at you like, what the fuck? You just fucked the whole vibe up in here. Yes. So maybe and if I, I do take need to a moment, a more love, John. Damn, dude. I just, well, this is to start with yourself. Yeah, dude. Um, but if I look at the things that make me feel powerless and helpless, if I look at the things that make me feel insecure, if I, and you know, I can't, I can't suggest it enough. If I write it down and try to understand it, I, it makes it a lot harder to be angry about those things when I'm working on them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean when I'm, yeah. and so, but you're, that's, that's what, that's what anger is. It is power. And we all want power. We all want agency. We all want autonomy over our lives. And then we realize we don't fucking have it. Yeah. We live in a world where there's very little power that we have over the things that, that are in our lives. And that know, our man. lives are controlled right? by forces that are so much bigger that yeah. we can't even fathom, that are mm-hmm. so chaotic and so like huge that we can barely understand them and that we make simple stories to about the world so that we can understand it better. And then when those, those, those things happen that are outside the simple stories we have told ourselves is the reality of the world fucking blow up in our faces, we get angry and we go, no, that's not the way the world is. And it's like, right. well, mm-hmm. embrace the chaos, my friend, because it's fucking out there. Yeah. So no, I, you're absolutely it, right. And it's so funny when you're talking about it, it just occurs to me that like, even if you think of these powers that are out of our control or that's the whole thing with the AA mm-hmm. thing, the whole mystery. It's always mysteries because I think even when they were writing all the steps down, they were just like, oh, I don't fucking know. We're going to start with a Christian God, but uh, not yeah. a lot of people are into that. So, so I, I don't know, but it, 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 it does make sense though, because it could just be, I don't have a name for what it is. That's bigger than me. Cause it could be just circumstance and coincidence. It's always been that. So I just call it, a bear or whatever because there's no name for the fact that some person i've never met is waking up 10 minutes earlier to get coffee do you know what i mean and that thing will affect me in one way or another once that person comes in contact with me however it is you know Mm -hmm. whether it's a near miss in a crosswalk when i'm running or do you know what i'm saying like anything anything (laughs) honestly anything or a shopping cart bumped into my car you know, those, all those things, they all, that's, that's the power greater than you. That's working constantly, which is circumstance of coincidence, you know, right. to me. Right. And so then I just say, Hey man, can you make it work in my favor for once? No. All right, cool. <laughs> and I think that like everybody's higher power is out there working for them. And it's not that there's one, I, I, I don't believe working, it. Right. I, I don't right. even think Everything it's working, is working for me. I think it's just working and I need to accept the fact that I'm not part of it mm-hmm. and I am part of it. And there's a lot of things that happen, uh, happen, um, yeah, that I think happen for, for little or no reason to me that I can right. see. Sometimes uh, shit just happens for no fucking, now we're getting way into this deep, dumb shit where like, it's like we both smoked a joint or something, but I'm like, <laughs> cause I literally almost said sometimes shit just happens for no reason, but it does. Things have no purpose sometimes mm-hmm. and they have, they command no greater meaning other than the fact that it's just an occurrence. And some things are very profound and cause you to go, fuck, I need to change my life because the way I'm doing it now is not working. And I feel like shit and I want to die. And I don't want to want to die anymore. I don't want to want to die anymore. That's yeah. yeah. That was what changed my life. Right. And that's pretty much what changed my life is I was like, man, I'm sick of wanting to die all the time being too scared to kill myself. That's what it was. It really was. It really was. That's the rock in the hard place, huh? Yeah. I want to die, but I don't want to kill myself because I'm scared to. I'm scared to commit suicide. What's the option? Yeah. Get busy living, right? Like Red says, dude. Get busy living or get busy dying. (laughs) Do a little Shawshank over here. Mm -hmm. What say you, fuzzy britches? Huh? (laughs) This is a hole in that wall. 
So I think one of the better things that we can do when resentments build up is this idea of service. And mm, I service. have found it to be valuable to me in that, and it doesn't need to be large things. I, and it doesn't even have to be recovery based, dude. And it, you know, I mean, again, like you said, a lot of us are all stuck in our homes and we're dealing with our family and we don't see a lot of other people, but that doesn't mean there isn't something you can do for somebody. There isn't some sort of spontaneous moment of generosity you can't give into rather than going, nah, I don't need to do that. Right. So, um, so what you're saying is we don't have to necessarily volunteer at a soup kitchen if we don't no. want to, or go down no. to the prison and do AA meetings. No, although but we can be the guy who leaves the big league chew on the bench for John to find. Exactly. So, you can leave a little, you can leave a little gift out into the universe. Into Maybe the not chaos. food though. Maybe not food, but don't, you know. don't leave food out. Um, I see what uh, you're well, saying though. So, uh, and, and it doesn't always, it can change, you know? Okay. So they say yeah, like, absolutely. there, there was always a, you, know, you got a commitment, you got a six month commitment and that's important too, for certain people to get structure and to have commitments. And it gives you a reason to get up and go oh, as far as what, going to the meetings and being going to meetings, program, making and coffee, ashtrays, we're comp, but we don't do that. Anymore. that I never empty. did that, but throw away all the jewel pods. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Throw away, pick up the jewel pods outside. Mm, go pick up um, the jewel pods outside, Jerry. So I think those things are important and the structure is important. Um, gives what you I sense of camaraderie found, and community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you a quick example. When I, when we were in our last lockdown and mm -hmm. I was looking for something to do, I was like, there's gotta be some kind of, some kind of volunteer work I can do. And I was like, what do I like? I said, oh, I like, I like to go out hiking and I like nature and I like taking pictures of the animals. And so I contacted the wildlife rescue. And so these are people that go out, like if somebody, somebody catches a fucking possum or baby squirrel falls out of a tree or mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I, so I went through the whole process and it was like hours of watching these like three hours of videos and you have to fill out an application questionnaire and all this shit. And like, so they finally said, yep, we'll take you. Perfect. We need you to show up. We're going to need four hours a week. And I thought four hours a week, that's no big deal. I can do four hours a week. I got no time. Now, all of a sudden work shows up. I don't, that four hours a week becomes much more valuable. And so I've been going there and now I've, I've even added another day of work. So this last, I, I just like, maybe there's gotta be another way I can do this. Cause I just don't have the fucking time. Cause I got to drive mm -hmm. 40 minutes one way and 40 minutes back. So that's a whole day. And if I only have so much finite amount of time, I can't do it. So I emailed the woman and I said, look, I did this for a few times and it was awesome. I, I got to see some mountain lions at, during feeding time. Oh yeah, check this out. So little ones or big ones? Big ones. These are uh, and these are these are not pets and they're not trained. Like these no, are wild animals. They're wild in, animals. Yeah. They live in an enclosure. And so for to eat to, to feed them, they give them basically like raw scotch eggs. They put a raw egg and then they cover it in like fucking hamburger meat mm -hmm. and they hide it all around the enclosure. And then they pull up the gate and these two mountain lions shoot out and they just run around the place looking for these raw eggs covered in hamburger meat. And, there's, mm -hmm. and they're like grabbing them and shit like that. And it was awesome. Yeah. But I just can't get the other things I want to get done in that time. So I wrote her an email and I said, look, I can't give you these four hours. Maybe I can go to like the fruit stand by my house and collect a bunch of old like produce and stuff and drive it mm -hmm. out there once a week. So yeah. I can just drop it off. And she was like, that sounds great. Thank you for the email. And I said, can I still come pick up my t-shirt? Because <laughs> uh -huh. I still want my t-shirt. And she said, of course. So your t-shirt is She's here. like, no t-shirt. <laughs> that's, that's what I was, see, like I'm, I'm, I'm over here like, man, I just want to get my t-shirt. Um, but like, so you, you change it up and make something that works for you. It doesn't have to be a fucking sacrifice. It doesn't have to feel like toiling to mm -hmm. help somebody else. It doesn't have to be involved in recovery. A lot of us find that to be very helpful to our own recovery. Right. Because so that's it's relatable. It. It's working within this, the thing, right. the, 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 the condition you're trying to, you know, remedy, not maybe not remedy, but live with. How about that? Deal with. Mm -hmm. I yeah. felt so fucking guilty writing this woman an email telling her I couldn't commit because, you know, but it's like, I just can't, I can't do it. It's just, it's, it, it fucks everything up and I just don't have the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. You're like, I got, I, pandemic's done. <laughs> You didn't hear? 
Governor said pandemic. Governor Arizona said pandemic's done. We can just go do what we want. <clears throat> I got to go to the uh, yeah. I got I got boat races on the lake. What are you talking? We got, about? I got I got mouth kiss strangers. <laughs> yes. Come on, fuck uh, these animals. So, so I I would only say that if there's somebody who's asking for help in recovery, I mean, help them if you can, or find something else. There's plenty of things out there, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that soup kitchen vibe. You know, it can be anything. So it's like, fuck it. I'm going to go take a beautiful drive once a week, drop off some produce. And I can do that. It was just that whole four hours in the middle of the day that I just mm -hmm. couldn't, I can't give. And so, I mean, make it work for you. It, do, yeah. it just doesn't have to be fucking miserable is my point. No. Even if it's something that you feel, felt like you were going to love and then you didn't love. Yeah. You know, I hate or, service. <laughs> Tell me more. Such okay. a pain in the ass. <laughs> right. I'm just well, kidding. Well, no, but I, I but mean, no, but you know what? I don't really know how to do. I don't do service very often, but I feel like this is part of it. So I, this yes. is what I cling to is doing this because I don't have time to do anything. I barely have time to do my own shit because there's always something to be done here. I'm mm -hmm. like nine people in this motherfucker. There's always something that needs to be done constantly. So you are you are, you have a collective of people there. You have a family of people that you are doing service to and constantly we're all every single day. To COVID. Yeah, there's always something. My daughter is. I'm homeschooling my daughter now mm -hmm. because the state decided that all the kids can be back in school again. So there's no social distancing at all. They're just throwing all these germ factories into a building while the pandemic is still, the numbers are still high because this state is fucking backwards. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's Governor, not the, Governor the state's, Coldstone. Creamery. Yeah. The state's politics are backwards. How's that? The state okay. in itself is beautiful. The desert is unforgiving. I love it for that reason, but like <laughs> the politics are bullshit. So I, I'm like homeschooling my kid and my wife is trying to get her real estate business off the road and you know I'm, I'm like i have to probably go back to a job i don't want to fucking do but i have to apparently you know you're building so, a house you're dealing with building a meeting. house all that i know did you see me have my fucking internal monologue about fucking tattooing <laughs> hate fucking tattooing man i hate it i like hate it and i gotta go back to it apparently that's at least that's because my parents are like go to work it's what, what you do you work and i'm like yeah i don't want to sit around and eat fucking bonbons all day don't want to sit in a fucking tattoo shop with a bunch of fucking assholes who are like transphobic and mean and fucking mm. dicks and i have to draw shit all day that i don't want to draw that doesn't give me any there's like nothing fulfilling i did it for 20 yeah. years but it has to be done because that's the only thing i know how to do that's all i know how to do kind of painted myself into a little corner there you know so my idea of service is doing this with you and, that's he doesn't need to, okay you know. here's the other thing it doesn't have to be something outside of yourself you're already doing it right mm -hmm. so you don't need to feel guilty because you're not adding yeah, I'm over here trying to teach chore. an 11 year old how to read exactly damn it wait she doesn't know how to read jerry what are you doing barely she's fucking gen z dude the ipad reads to her no we were learning about the olmec empire and uh as we were learning about a uh, number of placements tens to billions now they're mm -hmm. going from you know 10 hundred thousand 10 thousand you know all the way up mm -hmm. to a billion so we're learning that right okay. now but but yeah yeah so homeschooling like a damn hippie you know it's just finding that finding that that balance that you know of like what am i already doing you go mm -hmm. okay i am doing i'm doing enough i am enough i've done i'm doing plenty i'm not saying oh I was the one who's over here sitting home alone by myself. Like I need something to fucking do. So that's right. what I created. Right. So it's different. It's completely different than you who has a full plate of things going on. So, I mean, yeah. it just, it, everybody's life is different. And so you try to make something that works and it, again, it doesn't have to be recovery, recovery related. You got a fucking homeschool. You're building a house. You're 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 a devoted husband, Dude, house son, crazy brother, too. on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. So, but stay yeah. tuned for my recovery zine. <laughs> soup to nuts, <laughs> soup to nuts. And I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll find somewhere that maybe you'll find a job that can suit you in the moment. Yeah, dude, I, and, I have to go back to tattooing. That's all I can do. So I'll just go back to that and just change my attitude about it. Once again, right? It's the hardest thing in the world to do is change your mind. Isn't that the, the um, 
the cliche, but it really is. It's just my perception of how it is and the way I approach it. Just like mm-hmm. any job you do. I'm not, you know, I can, I can be poor. I've been poor forever. And I can say, I don't want to do this because I feel like this is a compromise of my mm-hmm. happiness. And I don't want to do it this way. I want to do it this other way. Do you know what I mean? Like you didn't go back to bartending. You ended no. up serving again. And I don't know if you find that fulfilling or not, no. but like you, but do you know what I'm saying though? You have to change your perception of it because you're yeah. like, this is what I do. Like I, I, I wrestle with a lot of the same shit you do because I'm like, yeah, I can't, you know what I cast my lot into booze. And that's what I invested in was booze. And so that's all I have now is the remnants of what booze did and what I did with booze because I'm fucking Mm-hmm. faulty in my brain or whatever's wrong with me so now i have to deal with that now there's all this fallout and that fallout is i didn't save any money i don't have yeah you know i don't have health insurance i don't have a 401k i don't have any of that shit i don't own anything my wife owns the car get a new ipad you know what i mean so like i go down that hole and i just start feeling sorry for myself and getting really angry with myself but i gotta forgive myself and i have to change my perception of what what is acceptable and acceptable and yeah. What services and what service isn't? Because I have these ideas. Because when I first got into recovery, they they had a meeting on service, and the most boring, dry motherfucker got up there and talked about the most boring, dry shit. You ever been to an AA business meeting? I've been to a bunch of them. No, they're I'm awful. Not. They're fucking awful. You get a bunch of drunks together to try to figure some shit out. Good lord, good lord, it was awful. There's no camaraderie. It was going to a business meeting, but with people who are all irritable because recovery mm-hmm. you know so you had one of those guys get up and do a service a whole meeting about service and it had all it just was i was like man this just sounds like volunteering at a hospital Ugh. yeah sorry yeah did i just did i just fart in the room no i'm just i'm like you're, you're right. over here like talking about unconditional love and feeding baby tigers and i'm like fuck service I, th- I think I think that it, again that didn't work for you so don't fucking do it no if, i'm not i'm not and I'm not, I also know, I don't, I don't spend my days doing only the things that sing to my soul, Jerry. Okay. Yeah, you I mean, do. You fucking teacup doily motherfucker. You're over there making funny. oat brand crepes and shit and dancing around oh, it. Yeah, those are good. To the black crows in your backyard. I mm-hmm. know what you do, you half naked weirdo. <laughs> so, uh, but I, you know, like, okay, I, I chose to pick up another shift at my work and it was like, because I need the money. Yeah. And I know you didn't want to do it. Yeah. I have. I have done other things. I've worked a lot less. I was I was unemployed for like six or seven months one time. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. But I also blew through all the money that I had saved mm-hmm. and then lived on credit cards, working one or two days a week. And now I'm paying the consequences for those actions. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that time. And it was it afforded me a lot of things I never would have been able to do. Mm-hmm. I gotta pay that, I gotta pay the bill now. So but the, hangover for you, <laughs> exactly six this months is, of freedom though, of actually feeling fulfilled. And that's, mm-hmm. but that's the way this culture is set up. Mm-hmm. That's the way this, and I don't want to get into that. That has nothing to do with alcoholism. Although capitalism does fuel alcoholism. Look sure. it up, read a Look book. You read a book. Do your research, Jerry. Do your research, <laughs> do your own research. <laughs> do my research. I don't for want me. to do it anymore. I'm too um, lazy. But I mean, like, when I think about you and I think about the way that you talked about tattooing prior to the pandemic and the pandemic hit, and then it was like, I guess I'm not doing that anymore. And then you created this other job, income, whatever, albeit not as big, but you still make making... nearly as much money, but no. I'm so happy. I like, love it. It like brings so, me joy. So I think that in some way or another, you can, you could either, I don't know, man. I just feel like you could create something else for yourself that doesn't have to be such a fucking toil. No, I know. I will. I'll figure it out. I'm just in the moment right now. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just, you know, I can sit here and talk about the negative parts, but I was in a little room for 20 years with profoundly unhappy people. Yeah. Giving a service to people who thought that my service would make them happier. So I was just around unhappiness all the fucking time forever. And I was part of it. I was unhappy. It was toxic. It was poisonous. There were only, there was the one time that I was not working in a room full of people that were toxic and poisonous was here in Tucson at the shop I used to work at here, but I made no money, made no money because Tucson's a really crazy market for tattooing. Like, Mm -hmm. 
So I had to go back up to Oregon and go sit in that fucking profoundly unhappy room with these profoundly unhappy people and be unhappy because I couldn't figure it out. So, but at that same point, this is also my perception of it. You know, it really is. It's the way I look at it and go, this is what it is. Instead of saying, just accepting it and knowing that like, I'm really privileged. I got to draw for a living. I didn't get to draw anything I like to draw, but I got to draw for a living, you know? Mm. You, I'm like, look at me. Do you think I sit at home and draw wildflowers with all your fucking kids' names in the leaves? Like, that's what I do for fun. Like, I'm like, huh, you know what'll help me pass the time? I don't know. I should draw a fucking dragonfly for a 60 year old woman and put all of her grandkids' names in it in teeny tiny font. Hmm. Yeah. I feel fulfilled. I feel fulfilled. <clears throat> Whatever. This isn't about that, though. No. This is, yeah. So I can make my own podcast. It'll be like, fuck tattooing. By Jerry I, I gotta go to work. <laughs> I gotta go to work. So, so I would just say that looking at other people's problems. So it's it's, and I I would say that the oh, the the BP. panacea mm -hmm. to resentment is service. Panacea, huh? Yes. Panacea, the, the, panacea. Isn't I that think, like a type of meat? No, you're thinking an of Italian. Pancetta. Oh, okay. Pancetta is an Italian bacon. It's delicious. It is. Well, no, wait. So it's you, ham. I don't know. Wait, so explain panacea before you start dropping these NPR words on me. <laughs> you gotta look it up, huh? It just means it just means a panacea is a cure-all, right? So it's just uh, okay. a solution. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe that's a maybe you're so right. Your, your answer word. is so, um service is a solution to other people's problems. Or or even focus on the service you already do rather than focusing right. on other people's mm -hmm. problems. We're all we're all doing some kind of service. Mm -hmm. And if you're bored, like I was. There's plenty of people who need help and would be happy. Yeah. To Go to down to Raptor help. Center and throw some ham at a fucking Perigene Falcon or something, dude. Fuck That's yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Right. But um, I think right you're right. It is service. So on my end, it's my perception of service. So I okay. don't mean to interrupt you. But on mm -hmm. my end, it's my perception of service. And the hardest thing to do is to change your own mind. It really is. And I know I've said that already a couple of times in this podcast, but it's really hard to change your perception. It's like that ship stuck sideways in the Suez Canal, dude. Like we're going to figure it out. It's got to, it's got to come out. It's got to change, but it will change eventually. eventually. And I think that for me is, has been valuable because I've done it already a few times. So I just got to keep doing it every day. Mm -hmm. So until you, this is, this is a great metaphor. This is a great metaphor. Until you move that evergreen tanker out of the Suez Canal, you're gonna have to fucking go around the fucking horn the of the Africa, Cape Horn, dude. The yeah, Cape the horn, horn of Africa. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're gonna have to take the long way home. Yeah, every single day yeah. until you don't get you that super tramp this shit again, dude. I'm not doing this super tramp shit with you, but you do have to take the long way home. You know, until you fucking get it unstuck. So yeah, yeah go get the bulldozers and the tugboats. And start chiseling away and unload mm -hmm. that motherfucker until it's light enough to move. Yeah. And then you don't got to be worrying about other people's problems because you'll be solving your own. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Take the long yeah. way home. No, I'm trying I, to figure out that was... <laughs> was I, that Super Tramp? That is Super Tramp. And I sent Dude, you that other Super Tramp song. That's because... not from Red Dead Redemption 2. You're convinced oh, it is. But I don't it. think it is. I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And I don't think they're like, yo, let's put the first five seconds from Super Tramp's in our fucking video game okay they like hired some other dudes maybe the dude was in super trap though i don't know i don't think it's from that game though i just played it last night okay all right i'm gonna find out i'm in roads gonna... right now did you ever finish that game no not yet no you don't finish any games no dude. i don't you never I finished fallout I didn't, 4 i didn't finish i was just gonna classic. say i still have it last of us you haven't finished yet no I got stuck in this one part Beautiful. and I couldn't get past the, there was like a dark room full of zombies and they just, they killed me time after time. Just and I would run out the of difficulty down to easy. That's what just I do walk through it. Yeah. I cheat. Yeah. I cheat a lot. So I can get the Skip story that mission. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, man, unstuck your, uh, unstick your, your tanker. evergreen unstick evergreen. your tanker, do some service. Look, you're either the tanker that needs to be unstuck or you're the person unsticking the tanker. Either there one is a solution, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think so that's today, it. that's yes. it. I'm the tanker and you're the bulldozer today. All right. I was stuck sideways and you were extracting. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got to pick it out. Got to pick it um, out. So check me next week. I'll be on Ink Masters. Uh, <laughs> doing the on uh, TLC. <laughs> yeah. 
doing the baby mama name challenge. See you then. Mm. Only God can judge me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. You should start your own YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, not just this one, but yeah. Yeah. Hit, um, hit, hit like and subscribe. All right, Jerry. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>